I'm always grateful to get to talk to you, but particularly on a day like today, I want to talk to you about an old question. What is your one true comfort in life and in death? You may be watching this for the first time. You might watch this uh, very much in an individual way. And that's a great thing. I'm very glad for that. And yet for many of us, somehow, this experience has become a kind of community. And we'll sometimes talk about it as the fellowship of the withered hand because part of what drew me to begin to have a kind of a calling or a ministry that takes this form, just talking into something by myself and then sending it out there was pain and difficulty in my own life and in our family's life. And there's lots of good and lots to be grateful for. And yet um, pain and difficulty that goes on as well. And uh, that's a universal human experience and it's something that somehow binds us to God. Paul talks about wanting to know Jesus and the fellowship of his sufferings, to meet him in places of difficulty and pain. I don't understand fully why that is, but we have a way of connecting in very deep ways when we come to grips with what it is that is difficult in our lives. And I wanted to let you know about somebody who's been very much a part of the Fellowship of the Withered Hand. His name is Eddie. I've admired him so much. We've had a few conversations and he's a coach and um, had cancer. That meant that he had to stop coaching and accept his powerlessness and that God was with him even when he couldn't do all of the things that he felt deeply called to do. And so did that journey with great integrity and great courage and great faith. And he is uh, the brother of one of my dearest friends. And yesterday I got word from my friend that uh, although he had been going through um, uh, kind of experimental immunotherapy and that had given a respite and things had looked good that now the cancer was back and back in very serious forms. That news just came yesterday. And then this morning when I woke up, my friend told me that his brother had passed away and is now with God. And so uh, there's great sadness. His mom and dad are still alive. And to have to say goodbye to your child is an unnatural thing for a parent. And it brings me back to this ancient question been around for many centuries. Uh, it's from something called the Heidelberg Catechism. And so people would use it to instruct others to teach their children in the faith. And I was thinking when I grew up, I'm so grateful for uh, even all the imperfections that always creep into human attempts into religion of every kind for a heritage that would point me towards God and point me towards Jesus. And in the Baptist church that I grew up in, we had what were called altar calls. And those were moments when people would be given an opportunity to reflect on what's the ultimate commitment in your life and would you like to commit it to God? And I was thinking for us, uh, this would be kind of a good day for that, just for a little altar call. I don't know where you stand in terms of your spiritual life. I like very much that this is that this is a very private thing, so this can be something that's between you and God. Um, I was talking to a friend one time who's from a family of, of very academically oriented people, and one of the people there is uh, one of the most renowned, maybe the top philosopher in his field in the world. It's not Dallas Wood, by the way, that's somebody else, but from a tradition where the Heidelberg Catechism was a big part of it. 
And when young men would come over to date his daughter, this was quite a long time ago before these kind of questions seemed as patriarchal or intrusive as they might now. But he would ask young man, not the questions that would be expected. What are you planning on doing with your life? What are your intentions? How about education? His question would be, what is your one hope in life and in death? And the response to that was that I am not my own, but I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. I was reading because we're thinking about how to make our lives matter and how to make our lives count. Um, how do we go about seeking to do that? How do we learn from some of the masters? There's a wonderful book by Henry Nouwen called The Inner Voice of Love. It was a very unusual book. He wrote it at a time of utter brokenness in his life. He had been in a deep, deep depression. He had decided to enter into Larche, a community for people that know um, limitations of one sort or another, physical or mental or emotional. And so he left uh, the Harvard and Yale, Notre Dame worlds that he had known to enter into this world of profoundly obvious need. And then when it looked like he had a place that was quite safe, he found himself falling apart. And so he would write to himself uh, little bits of wisdom from God and meant it to be very private for many years. He would never publish it. And then eventually, not real long before he died, he decided that perhaps other people would be able to find God in their pain as he did in his. And this is part of what he wrote. And I thought it was really good for us who learned to say, I can't, God can, I think I'll let him acknowledge your powerlessness. There are places in you where you are completely powerless. You so much want to heal yourself, fight your temptations, stay in control, but you cannot do it yourself. Every time you try, you are more discouraged. So you must acknowledge your powerlessness. This is the first step in Alcoholics Anonymous and the treatment of all addictions. You might as well think of your struggle this way. Your inexhaustible need for affection is an addiction. It rules your life and makes you a victim. Start simply by admitting you cannot cure yourself. You have to say yes fully to your powerlessness in order to let God heal you. But it is not really a question of first and then. Your willingness to experience your powerlessness already includes the beginning of surrender to God's action in you. When you cannot sense anything of God's healing presence, the acknowledgement of your powerlessness is too frightening. It's like jumping, jumping from a high wire without a net to catch you. Your willingness to let go of your desire to control your life reveals a certain trust. The more you relinquish your stubborn need to maintain power, the more you will get in touch with the one who has the power to heal and guide you. And the more you get in touch with that divine power, the easier it will be to confess to yourself and to others your basic powerlessness. I was thinking, watching the words that are spoken and the pageantry that surrounds the death of the Queen of England, that for all the conversations that happen and need to happen about the role of monarchy and um, symbolisms of colonialism with all of its uh, very varied heritage, 
There is something about the richness and wealth of centuries of people who have been rooted, who have found their only comfort in life and in death, in the fact that they belong, body and soul, to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is a uh, precious possession. So, I want to ask you today, as we think about making our lives count, and remember again, we're not in charge of our lives. We don't make a single day. We can't seize a day, we can receive it. What is your only comfort in life and death? And if you want to, if you haven't before, you can make that that you belong to a faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And ask Him right now to play that role in your life, to be your guide and your forgiver and the one who loves you and walks with you. And if that is a commitment that you've made, then walk this day knowing whatever this day holds, your comfort is not in your brains, it's not in your willpower, it's not in your connections, it's not in your bank account, it's not in your health, it's not in your memory, it's not in what you have done, it's not in what you have avoided doing. It is that you belong, body and soul, to a faithful Savior. And those that we love, where we find ourselves unable to fix things, they too are loved by this same one who holds you. It's his day. I love you. May you experience comfort from God in this day. Till I see you next time. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.